The Sunday Baroque podcast is made possible by WSHU and the Friends of Sunday Baroque. You can find out more about the Friends of Sunday Baroque and find out how to become one yourself by visiting our website, sundaybaroque.org, under the Contact tab. Lewis is a professional double bass player. It is the largest and lowest pitched bowed string instrument in the modern symphony orchestra. And Brandon Lewis has played in orchestras led by acclaimed conductors such as Kent Nagano and Susanna Malki, Michael Tilson Thomas, and many others. The Montreal Conservatory graduate is an interim member of the Montreal Symphony Orchestra. And he is speaking with me on Zoom about his life as a professional musician. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, great. So first things first, how are you doing during the pandemic? Well, for sure at the start of the pandemic, uh, it was a little little tough not being able to work. You know, rehearsals, concerts, everything was canceled. Um, I will say that it was good for my mental health and my body physically to have that rest, especially performing a lot every single week. Um, although a part of me missed playing with my colleagues and, and just amazing mu- making music with other people, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you been doing any of the, like, pandemic, you know, Zoom kinds of things with other people? Yeah. Actually, um, a couple of pianists I went to the consult hall with uh, got in touch with me to play um, one of Bach's double piano concertos. Oh. And that was, that was nice. You know, that was back in uh, April of last year. And, you know, they sent me the piano parts and I played the bass part along with it. And it was, the, the result was pretty cool. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. So you started playing double bass as an 11 year old. Was that your first instrument? And was that your first musical training? Uh, no. So my first instrument really was the drum set when I was five years old. <laughs> wow. As a five-year-old banging away on drums, that's just, that was life. That was heaven. Wow. Um, That's a leap of faith for parents to give their five-year-old drums. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think my parents regretted it immediately (laughs) after all the noise that I was making. Um, But I think they saw that. How'd you end up making your way to double bass? Yeah, so I went to faith school, and in grade four, they make us try the different uh, uh, family of instruments. So strings. A clarinet, flute, and trumpet. Mm-hmm. And depending on which one you, you rank best at, they would place you in that department. So I was put into the strings department on cello. Oh. And so I played cello for several months. And my music teacher at the time, and so this is in grade five now, uh, she, she wanted me to, she asked me if I wanted to play double bass or percussion. Mm-hmm. And at the time, you know, 11 years old, I I said, you know, I think I've had enough of percussion. I think I've exceeded all the limitations. So (laughs) I, 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 I just chose double bass without really knowing what it was. Wow. Wow. So this is going to seem like maybe kind of a silly question, but it's a very big instrument. And were you a tall child or how does that work? I mean, I think I was, uh, I was quite tall for my age, I would say. Um, 
And I guess, yeah, playing the double bass, and they make different sizes, of course, but yeah, you need a, a large hand to kind of be able to hold it and play the positions. So it was, it was quite daunting at first, but uh, over, the, over, over time, I think I got used to it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would you- say transporting it was the biggest challenge though. <laughs> oh, yes, that's a big commitment. It's like someone plays the harp, you know, you, it's a yeah. commitment for the parents to yeah. have a big enough vehicle to do that. Did they have did your parents have to buy a different uh vehicle? <laughs> uh no, we had a at the time I think my mom had a Toyota Tercel with the back that folded down, so it was quite challenging to to yeah, yeah. get it in there. So, so you mentioned uh, face school and, you know, you're a Canadian musician. You grew up in Montreal. I'm wondering if key, if music was a key part of your school experience then, or, or was it also an extracurricular activity? Oh, at face school, music is like an integral part of the curriculum. Um, really from, from grade one, all the way through uh, grade 11, when we graduate, we have to take music classes, um, not only instrument classes, but there's also choir, there's drama, there's visual arts. So I think the arts in general is very important for, uh, for the school. Mm-hmm. Do you want to give a little thumbnail sketch of what FACE school is? All right. Um, well, FACE school is uh, an alternative school. Um, it really, um, they have a really fantastic curriculum there. Um, they, the, 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 the teachers there are fantastic. The administration, you know, I, I spent from, I spent my whole schooling from kindergarten to grade level in that one building, in that one school. And, you know, I graduated with kids that I, with friends I made since kindergarten. So it was kind of like a second family, if you will. Um, And, uh, yeah, like through the music program, I was able to go on different trips to France and Italy um, and make lasting friendships. And of course, the I think it was a, it's, it was a really good school. Really amazing school. Yeah, yeah. So you've been uh, playing with the Montreal Symphony Orchestra as a regular substitute, and now you are an interim section player. So first of all, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. And second of all, so what, what does that mean that you're an interim section player? So what that means is I was offered a contract, a one-year contract. Um, and so that um, means that I, uh, I get, I have the wonderful opportunity of playing all the, 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 the concerts. I work uh, as, as a regular member would work in, in the orchestra, although uh, because of the contract, I don't have a permanent post. So that's where the difference comes in. I see. I see. And what's the status um, with the pandemic and, and whatnot? What's what's the orchestra doing now? Are you playing at all? Are you doing any virtual concerts or small scale concerts with people? Uh, so at the beginning of the season in September, uh, the Quebec government um, had allowed for, I think it was up to 250 people in the hall. And, and so we were super excited to be able to perform and, and still get to work for an audience. Um, but as the pandemic progressed and the, the number of cases increased, they, everything was shut down. So no public. 
and all everything that we've been doing has been virtual. So virtual concerts, we've been rehearsing live in the hall with the social distancing rules, of course. Um, and the, the orchestra has been reduced um, about half its size. Um, but despite that, it's been great being able to work and perform music and, and give the audience something to look forward to and music to appreciate while being confined at home. Yeah. yeah. Now, I see that in addition to being a performer, you've also taught music to elementary school kids. Yeah. And that was part of Montreal's El Sistema program. Could you talk a little bit about your experience mm -hmm. as a music teacher, and especially in an El Sistema model, so that listeners kind of understand what that's about? Yeah, for sure. Um, so my music teacher, Theodora Stotopoulos, um, she was, she's a really fantastic uh, teacher. You know, she, she modeled her, this program based on the El Sistema program. And really I was teaching uh, cello at, in Ganawage, which is a uh, First Nations reserve just outside of Montreal. And um Yes, yeah, so we, we were, we were, the goal is to, to, to provide music lessons to, to communities that might not have those resources on their own. And I was teaching there, I think I started teaching around 2012 or 13 for a number of years. And within the, the first four years, the, the level of playing from these kids, uh, in, it increased tremendously. <laughs> you know, like towards the end, kids were... You know, they were coming back the next day or the next week saying, Brandon, Brandon, let me show you what I learned. And, you know, they were going on YouTube and learning their favorite pop songs and, and showing me it. It was fantastic to see. Wow, that's very gratifying. Had you taught before that? I hadn't really taught before that. That was my first teaching gig, if you want to call it. Um, and I was a little bit nervous teaching. I, I never considered myself uh, a teacher. I, I never thought I would go into it. But I, I think it was really, really nice to give back to the community to, to provide uh, the younger generation with the tools to, to succeed in music. And I think it was important to give back. Yeah, yeah. So Montreal Symphony Orchestra has a, a new music director coming on board soon. Uh, the Venezuelan conductor Rafael Payare is going to become the orchestra's ninth music director beginning, I guess, next season. And, you know, Maestro Payare himself is a pro product of El Sistema training. Um, what are you looking forward to for his tenure with the orchestra? Well, for sure. Um, it'd be interesting to see how, in which direction he can take the orchestra. Uh, both on a uh, national level, but international as well. Um, how he can, uh, you know, it'd be great to see um, some sort of education programs coming at, coming out of his tenure because, you know, he is connected with El Sistema and music education is super important to him. Mm -hmm. um, I think just his, like, we've had a couple concerts with him already and just his, uh, his love for the music is just, it's, it's insane. Like he, he, his musical expression is just so powerful. His energy is incredible. Um, he has so much to say, you know, he, you can tell food is important to him because everything he talks about is related to food. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, like in, in a passage, you know, it's like, oh, no, 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 that's, that's too much. It's like putting tr- truffle everywhere. You know, it's expensive. You can't put it everywhere. You, know, you got to choose your moments. <laughs> Good metaphors. <laughs> so yeah, I, think, I think everyone's excited to, to have him uh, come on full time. Um, I know the musicians and the administration are very happy with their choice. Great. Great. Well, that's, a, that's very exciting to look forward to. So, um, and, and this is kind of how I found you too, in January of, of 2021, uh, Montreal Gazette ran an article about you. And um, it was a great article. And the headline read, the Montreal Symphony Orchestra's only black musician hopes to show kids they can foster a love for classical music. And, you know, that headline alone opens up uh, some important and very timely questions. Um, so first of all, you know, I guess this is really a rhetorical question, I think, but you know, how can it be that in the year 2021, there's only one black musician in a major symphony orchestra? So that's, that's heartache right there. Um, but you're also very, um, your positive spin on that is the role model that you want to be. And so I, I would love for you to talk a little bit about what that experience is like and also, um, you know, what, what do you see as, as uh, what else will you want to do to be that role model? Yeah. And I just want to first say that it's at no fault of, of these institutions that why there aren't more Black uh, musicians. Um, I know that there are, throughout, throughout Canada, there are, you know, a, a, a good number of, of Black musicians in each orchestra. Um, but I think that um, the problem starts with the lack of, I guess, the lack of interest in classical music by the Black community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not, not being able to see um, a positive, a, a role model that someone who looks like them in the field to say, oh, you know what, I, I, I want to be like that person when I grow older and, and see that it's possible. Um, you know, I heard a story of this of this young um, black girl who wanted to play violin, and but she she never pursued it because she she didn't think it was she was allowed to, mm-hmm. and and I think it's because classical music has been more Eurocentric, mm-hmm. and I my my role I I want to be a role model for for young kids to see. Uh, that it is possible that there is a lot of great, there are a lot of great things that come from playing classical music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, building a, a really tight community of friends and, and, and networking, um, travel opportunities, um, musical expression. That's why I got into it at the beginning to, you know, I was a little bit of a emotional kid, I guess. And Music helped me to hone that energy and emotion into something positive and create creative. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So how do you think, I mean, you know, the institution of classical music broadly, you know, is not known for its diversity and inclusion. So, so mm-hmm. how do you think those of us mm-hmm. who love classical music, what, what, what else can we do? I mean, you, you are the role model, you're living it. What, what other things would you like to see other people do to help foster that, make some helpful or necessary steps to change that dynamic in a meaningful way? Well, my idea is to 
would be to start a, a music program to that like goes into uh, these uh, minority communities and and gives less music lessons, kind of like an El Sistema type program um, to to really truly bring kids in and really take them by the hand and say, come come with me, you know, let's let's uh, let's show you the, this wonderful world, you know, this wonderful place. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know in the States, there are a lot of music programs that do such, uh, that have a mission, mission such as that. You know, correctly. And I think that's something that's lacking in Canada overall. Um, and so, yeah, I think that if, if let's say I get some, some colleagues or some people that are interested to start a program, I think that's a good first step into making positive changes, into having more diversity in classical music. Right, right. Good, good thoughts. So you've landed this great gig with a world-class orchestra and you play chamber music with top-notch musicians. You have these thoughts about maybe, you know, programs for, for kids, but what else is on your wish list as a musician? Well, I think, um, I, I want to be versatile as well. I, I, I would I would like to uh, venture out into other styles of music, and and perhaps you know I have an electric bass here, and I, I want to get into maybe some gospel playing, some Motown. Um, right right now, I'm working on an arrangement of an R&B song that I would like to perform. So doing other things like that. Um, uh, I, I, I still do some teaching as well. And uh, I think, yeah, it's, it's now is a good time for musicians to kind of redefine what we do. Um, now that we have time to reflect on what's important. Um, I think uh, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm still putting pieces together, but I think uh, just being more, me uh, being more out there, I guess, um, more having more exposure, um, doing more projects, I think is going to be helpful into uh, pushing my career forward. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, it's just delightful to see your many accomplishments already and uh, look forward to to seeing what else you're up to. Um, I have been uh, speaking on Zoom with Brandon Lewis. He is the Canadian musician who is a section double bass player in the Montreal Symphony Orchestra. Thank you very much for a great conversation and all the best to you in your musical career. Yeah, thanks. Thank you for having me.